All right, hello and welcome to episode nine of Stop the Clock. I am your host, Zoe Sam Fermanac. Alongside me is Judo Kanyas. And today, for the first time ever, we have a special guest, our good friend and 49ers fan, Stathi Markopoulos. So welcome to Stop the Clock, Stathi. Uh, it was it was a tough weekend for your Niners. Of course, they were not able to get it done in the NFC Championship game. So, what what are you feeling? How are you feeling right now? Uh, definitely sad. Uh, that was besides the Super Bowl, my most crushing loss. But yeah, yeah. Was- I mean, and when you say crushing, it definitely was because they did blow a seventeen to se- or seventeen to seven fourth quarter league, which is the largest in conference championship history. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I felt like we were lucky to even be in that game. So. Just to be winning was good, but you know, I could. As soon as they went down and scored that touchdown, I knew we were going to lose that game. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, if he makes that pick, obviously it would have been a different story. But you know, I, they had all momentum the entire fourth quarter. Yeah. So I, I want to ask because this is now the fifth NFC Championship game you guys have been to in the last eleven seasons. And it has resulted in zero Super Bowls. You made the Super Bowl twice out of those five appearances. So what do you think the key is for the Niners to sort of get back and get over this hump, I guess? Because they have a good team overall. It's just there's been a position that's been lacking. (laughs) I think that's obvious. Our uh, quarterback is uh, not very good. He's uh, average. I mean, he's like the perfect, perfect, yeah, at best. Uh, just so average in every way. You know, you, you know you're going to get from every day. Every time he leaves the pocket, probably a pick. You know, overthrows almost every time. So, you know, like, he'll make plays sometimes, but he's just so inconsistent. You're not going to – you can't win with a quarterback that's inconsistent. I mean, look at the AFC, every quarterback that was winning. I mean, those are elite quarterbacks they got over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So also Stathi, I mean, like you mentioned, you you've had um you've had lackluster quarterback play at best, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Um and obviously we'll get into the game real quick, but obviously, you know, you you look at the quarterback position, you still have Garoppolo for one more year, right? He could still come back with one more year on his contract left. Um you just shipped off three future first round picks for um a guy who probably played a total of I think ten collegiate games um in Trey Lance. 18? 19. 19, sorry. I'm sorry. 19 collegiate games that he played, and he didn't even play his year before the NFL draft. So you look at this team, obviously you have pieces like Debo Samuel. You have guys like George Kittle offensively who are difference makers, and we saw in this game, and we'll get into how Debo's lackluster production in the end was probably a big reason why the 49ers lost. And I don't want to say lackluster production, but he just didn't get the ball um, as much as he probably should. So so what what are you looking for? I mean – there's anything good to look forward at the quarterback position. Um, obviously we talked about before and you said you'd maybe like a Brady to 49ers. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what I want the most is Tom Brady. I don't, obviously there's reports that he's going to retire and whatnot, but I don't think he's going to retire. Um, I, I don't think he wants to retire. I think he's, he'd retire before he stayed with the Buccaneers. Cause there's you nothing. Think he's leaving. Do. You think he's not going to come back to Tampa Bay? No way. He's, he'd retire before he does that. No way, but... I mean, he got one more year on that contract. They, they, they have to bring back too many pieces for it. For, no, there's just no way. I don't see it happening. But, like, a team like the Niners, we're ready. I mean, 
You're a quarterback away. Yeah, and as you mentioned, or as Jude mentioned, y'all spent three first-round picks to go get your guy at number three, and that is Trey Lance. And we only saw a small sample size of Trey Lance. For some people, that's enough. But uh, he started two games this year, and he came in for most of another one versus the Seahawks. Uh, And in those games, he compiled 300, or excuse me, 603 yards, five touchdowns, two picks, completing 57% of his passes. So he wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. He was kind of right where we would expect a rookie quarterback to be. So I definitely think there are things you like here. I don't know if you're the 49ers looking at this saying, because I don't, I respectfully, I don't know if Tom Brady's going to be the guy. Maybe if they swing something for Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. I just think they've invested too much in Trey Lance. So whether they stick with Garoppolo for another year, they, trade him away because I still think they could actually get some good value out of Jimmy G or they like just hand it off to Trey Lance immediately or they get another bridge guy for cheap water say like a Teddy Bridgewater I know you probably won't love to hear that but it's definitely <laughs> a possibility for, for the Niners um no the the last thing I want is for us to keep Jimmy Garoppolo as a fan nobody wants to watch him play again like we all know what we're getting it's not going to change like we don't want to see that um when it comes to Trey Lance, yes, he's a rookie. You know, I'll, you know, he, he's gonna make rookie mistakes, but to me, he just looked like he hasn't played enough football. Like, I mean, he played in I think the FCS, which is I mean, that's not even you know, he's not playing against top tier college teams. And you know, he he looked out, he was like he couldn't even go through his progression out there. And you're like, as soon as you get any type of pressure, you tuck and run. And you're like, you step up in the pocket, you know make a play, go through your progression, find somebody. And, you know, he just looked like a panic, panic QB out there, which that's okay. He's a rookie, but I just, I just don't see how he's, he's the guy that you spend three first rounders on. I don't know how you could possibly, oh yeah, this guy is going to be worth three first rounders when he's only played, like you said, I think 18 games and against South Dakota state. I mean, come on, but no, I would, I would much rather we go after Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers because uh, they only got a couple more years left in them, and we we're we're ready for a Super. I think Aaron Rodgers has his sights already set on, <laughs> on um, location, but on his Denver and the Niners, honestly, those are two good teams for either of those quarterbacks to go to because I think they're both ready for a Super Bowl. So I agree. Yeah. And, and talking about the teams, because obviously we'll probably get to the game now, where the Rams did obviously finish on top 2017 and heading to their second Super Bowl in the McVay era, obviously the first one with golf. Um, I, I think you can look at this game and starters and look at the score and say, okay, this, is, this was a pretty close game between the Rams and the 49ers. But you really look more into the game and you say, man, the Rams could have beat this team by 20. I mean, this Rams team really could have beat the team by 20. And I, I think you look in the first half where there were two huge drops, right? Cooper Cup had a big drop, which was almost like a routine catch for him that he's been doing all season. Yeah, and you then you have, a lot. Um, I don't know number 18's number, name, but number 18 on the Rams, he also had a, a huge, um, I think he's a rookie, but he had, a, he had a big drop in the end zone. And those are kind of two plays that you can look at that kept the 49ers in this game. Obviously, the 49ers defense played pretty great. The run game was showing up for the most part uh, when they needed them to. The but run game for the Niners? I, I, I mean, it wasn't showing up, but they, they, just the front was moving them in the way that, you know, that they were, they were getting those big plays. Uh, not big plays, but, you know, yardage, I of should course. say. Um, but like, like we've talked about, I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo lost this game 
um, for the Niners. He just couldn't make plays. I mean, he was 16 for 30, um, two touchdowns and interception. And, you know, I, he just he just didn't look good. Yeah, it was Ben Skoranek who uh, dropped oh, the ben touchdown. <laughs> yeah, and, and to, there was also a couple of key drops by Jalen Ramsey as well that could have been interceptions there. <clears throat> Trevon Diggs would have made that. Anyway. Okay, but Trevon Diggs probably would have given up a ton. I, I'm just saying that's why you get a corner like Trevon Diggs because then he makes those interceptions. Uh, if you look at the Dequeez Tart interception, that's why you get a guy like Diggs. I'll give you a start on Res- Okay, I'm sorry. Respectfully, Daniel Sorensen makes that. But, like, don't even get me started on Trevon. Like, bro, anyone. Jalen Ramsey make dropped a pretty easy play. interception in the game, and I was looking at, like, man, Diggs would have made that interception. Mm-hmm. But Diggs is sadly sitting on his couch. So, you know. Yeah. Because, all right, yeah. So, I mean, look, I I agree. I think definitely the Rams could have they, – they started off slow, but – and Stafford threw his first pick in the postseason so far. But without – other than that, I think Stafford has looked pretty flawless in these playoffs. That's the reason you went out and got him. I remember sitting on my couch where I was watching, and they were down 10, and I tweeted. I was like, hey, this is why you went out and got Stafford. This is why you gave up all that capital to get guys like this. And it showed. It showed at the end of the Buccaneers game with that long throw to Cooper Cup to set up the winner. And then it showed in this one, he was able to overcome that 10-point deficit. And now the Rams are reaping the rewards of it. And they're going to their, their, as you mentioned, second Super Bowl in the McVay era. But I think all of us are happy for him as well as Odell Beckham, who also came up big in that game as well. Yeah, Odell Beckham was awesome. Uh, It seemed like every play, you know, it was either him or Cooper Cup. You know, they were doing something. It was just... Nobody on our team could guard either of those guys. Uh, I mean, we tried everything. Zone, man, it just didn't seem like any of it worked. Uh, yeah, those, those guys really, they came to play. Obviously, Stafford made great throws, you know, with Jimmy G. You know, can only do so much with, without a good quarterback. So uh, Those no, two those, guys, those they combined for 22 receptions, 100 or 255 yards, and then the two touchdowns by Cubs. Touchdowns, so they, yeah. That was a big day for them. I think another area where I think San Francisco needs to upgrade is their secondary. I mean, part of their – one of the key pieces of their Super Bowl run in 2019 was Richard Sherman. You could say what you will about him being him being washed. He was still a very smart corner and played in that system very well. And you're, you're looking a bit young out there. I definitely think that's, that's an area that can be addressed in the draft uh, for the Niners for sure. Yeah, well, it, it seemed like this whole game they were picking on number 20 on the on the San Francisco 49ers, oh, yeah. uh, the rookie Ambry Thomas. I mean, it seemed like every deep play was on him specifically. Um, and going to OBJ, I, I, I don't think – how can you be, like, sad – I mean, how can you not be anything but happy for OBJ? I mean, he, you know, obviously went in that poverty franchise to start with the Giants, and then he went to the, the Cleveland where we thought maybe it was like a super team with him and Jarvis. And then, you know, obviously the downfall of there, him oh, and Cleveland, God. and then he comes to L.A., and he makes his first Super Bowl appearance. And, I mean, he has a hell of an NFC championship game, like you mentioned. He had over 100 yards, and they both combined for 255. So it, it, it was great to see um, OBJ definitely ball out. And, you know, respect. I mean, he is still one of the most talented receivers, and I think people kind of forgot that as, you know, he didn't play so well in Cleveland. Um, but now that he's here in L.A., he's, he's really shining. Indeed. I mean – What's speaking of another guy that brought in Vaughn Miller was brought in just to boost that pass for something that I found actually really interesting is believe it or not, the Rams did not allow a sack or the Rams did not have a sack in that game, but it felt like they were getting pressure. Yeah. Almost every, I mean, Aaron Donald's in the backfield, Vaughn Miller. I mean, that one play that basically sealed it with the interception, it was like Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller were like passing him back and forth. And then he eventually yeah. 
gave it away. Um, but this, that's those, those two, along with Leonard Floyd, that's, I think that's the key to in two weeks, then playing the Bengals is those, those three guys right there. Yeah. And, and, and just to finish it off, I think, I think we can't not talk about the 49ers and not talk about Debo. I mean, Debo, what everything he's done this season, obviously he's, he's been a complete beast. He, he killed my Cowboys and he's killed basically every team that that's been his way. Um, I, I mean, everything that this guy does is just amazing. I mean, the, the, the touchdown that he had in the game where it almost, it, I think I saw a stat where it's like every time he catches the ball, he averages 10 yards, right? Like it, it, it's, it's, I it's think, yeah, he, averaged the most he averages like basically 10 or 11 yards. It's like, you throw him the ball on a screen pass, he's getting the first down. And then this one, he took it 50 yards. Yeah. Um, but he's unbelievable. But then you look at it and says, okay, the last time Debo touched the ball in this game was with 12 minutes left. How can you, how can you allow that? A dude that is such a playmaker. And yeah, you could say Garoppolo, but you got to look at Shanahan and say, man, that, you've been in this situation too many times not to know to give your playmakers the ball. And to touch the ball, the last time touching the ball, 12 minutes and 42 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and they still had two possessions after that. That that to me is like, here we go again with Shanahan. And I'll I'll let you get to something, but I don't I just don't think there's really an excuse for that because you look at Kyle Shanahan, I don't think there's anybody besides maybe Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy that's better at getting their playmakers the ball. Like he finds every possible way to get Debo Samuel the ball, and for whatever reason, he just didn't do it at the end of the game, which ultimately probably could have lost or did lose them the game. Oh, and Jude's gone. Okay, so stuff, yeah. talk to us about Debo and uh, how he's been this season then. I mean, obviously, anybody who's watched the Niners, I mean, Debo's the guy. I mean, he carries the team pretty much every game. I mean, he is our offense. You look at our – I mean, obviously, we can run the ball. I mean, Elijah Mitchell, as good as his stats have been, he's – a little overrated in my opinion, just because of the system he's been put in. I, I'd expect more from him, especially in that NFC Championship game. I really didn't think he made a lot of huge plays, except for he had yeah. eleven carries for twenty yards. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, he had like a the one big reception, but that was but, kind of it. Yeah, that was it. You, you, they shut him down, which you know that was. I think that was part of their game plan was you know not let us run the ball. Um, obviously, Debo did Debo, but uh, you know we. They took us out of our game, and, you know, the only guy that really seemed to do anything was Debo. Um, but I thought for our team, what was going to be there was Brandon Ayuk. And the first half, that, that was our guy. I mean, he was yeah. he made the plays, and we just didn't go to him in the second half because I don't know why, but he seemed to be the guy that was getting one-on-ones and, you know, who we should have been throwing the ball to and getting even jet sweeps or even screens. Yeah. Because, you know, he's still really good. Uh, with yards after the catch, you know, him, Debo, and George Kittle. So I thought we should have made a better job, done a better job of getting him the ball. So I, I've, before we go to the, the Cincinnati game, I do have a question for you, Seth, because it, it seems like this has almost been a reoccurring theme. And in pivotal games like this, Shanahan always seems to come up just short and not make the right place. Is there a time now where we look at it and say, yeah, Shanahan might be this genius, but is it time to move on? Now, obviously, you know, I mean, they're, they're still good, but it, it feels like, you know, he, he does enough, but then we get to these pivotal games like this year. And then you can even look back at the Super Bowl. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo obviously should have made some throws, but there's kind of this repeating pattern of where he can't always finish it off. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. Offensively, you know, he's a genius. But yeah, you know, he, he doesn't, you know, I don't know if he gets, tries to get too cute and be too smart or whatever his problem is, but 
yeah, it seems like you know, in big moments he doesn't show up with his play calling, and you know that's a problem. But you know, to say go get a different coach, you know, I, I can't, I can't support that because well, we've been to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game in you know the last three years. He took a franchise that was not very good, and you know has built this into a contender pretty much every year. So you know, I don't want to get rid of him. To I just want the Cowboys to have Shanahan. So that's that's the only reason I was asking. <laughs> Yeah, just to just to put a little button on that, I 100% agree with Stoffy. And also, you want to know why Jimmy G has such a good win record? It's it's because of Kyle Shanahan. The position that he puts his players in, you got a guy like Elijah. Pretty much any running back is going to flourish. Hell, even receivers are flourishing in the running system of Kyle Shanahan. Yes, he has had some questionable late game calls. I mean, he blew the biggest fourth quarter lead in the NFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl. So and yeah, in the Super Bowl twice because he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. But with the exception of some late game calls, I, Shanahan is not the problem in San Francisco. I think you got to get the Niners uh, a quarterback. I think they have one that they need to definitely take a look into. But speaking of second half meltdowns, let's move on to the AFC Championship game where we had our biggest, I think, tied for the largest lead blown in an AFC Championship game of all time. Yep. I think Sam, you should start because uh, you know obviously you're not a big fan of KC, um, and I, I think you should you should start with this one. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I picked Kansas City, even though that's not. Oh yeah, just updated on picks. I went to a no, not the flex, okay. That's but, yeah. you know. I just want to say I picked Cincinnati, picked the Rams. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted side note, um, just so yeah. people know that Sam doubted the Bengals. We have a man who goes by many names. Joe Franchise. Joe Shiesty. Joe Shiesty. Joe Brrr. <laughs> Joe Cool. Joe Clutch. Dime Nine. The Tiger King. Joe Daddy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he has arrived, and he is here. He went to the – he – yes, they won at home versus Raiders. Everyone expected to do them. He went to the number one seed, Tennessee Titans, knocked them off. Get out of here. Then he went into Arrowhead, down 11 at halftime. Light. It was light. They came storming back in the second half. And I like most of the credits to him, obviously. I think what was really key in this game was I think this was the best like halftime adjustment I think I've seen in a football game in a long time. You go in the first half, obviously they're down. 11 points. Tyreek Hill's having a monster game. You have Kelsey doing his thing as well. And they really can't get Jamar Chase the ball. He's been double teamed almost every play. And then they come out in the second half and Tyreek Hill gets shut out. Kelsey doesn't do much. And then they find ways to get Jamar Chase the football. He had a big second half. That was the reason they won that game. I mean, you said it perfectly. I think halftime adjustments, I, I mean, I, I remember when this game was 21 to three and I was like, yep, we're, we're here for another brutal beatdown from the Chiefs. Um, but I, I, I think the game deciding play was by none other than Eli Apple. And, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe he turned around his image just a little. But uh, um, No, I, no, I, I think he immediately destroyed it when he got back on Twitter after the game. But that's yeah, he, he got to stop. <laughs> it's, uh, it got old. It got old real quick. Um, I, I, that's a whole different story. But the point is, Eli Apple made a, a hell of a play. Um, obviously, the Chiefs, score that touchdown right there, it, it changes the game a lot, right? It, it, it would have yeah. really opened up the gates for Kansas City in the second half. And I think 
not getting that was a huge momentum boost, especially, and that's where the halftime adjustments came from. The Bengals saw, okay, we got this stop right here, only down 11. Yes, the Chiefs with the ball. All we got to do is start making stops, and we can score touchdowns. This, this, this Bengals offense, and I've said it this whole year, they're good enough to score when they want. It's just the defense has to make those stops when needed. And we saw it, and we talked about it in the other podcast, Sam, where like, guys like T. Higgins had to step up, and he did. He didn't have a touchdown. But he stepped up with 100 yards. Um, obviously, Jamar doing? Chase got involved Leading a little bit later in the game. But for the most part, T. Higgins, my guy, stepped up. Uh, as well as the Bengals played, and don't get me wrong, they played great. Joe Burrow was fantastic. The Chiefs lost this game. The Chiefs were by far the better team. It wasn't even close. You could tell in the first half they were doing whatever they wanted. I mean, the Bengals really had no response. I mean, they – they looked horrible compared to the Chiefs. It was just they did not belong on that field in that first half. And you know the Chiefs did what they've done all year, which is be very inconsistent and let up. I mean they did it in week I don't know week eighteen or seventeen against the Bengals. And you know they haven't had a I mean they've been good, but they haven't been great. They haven't been consistent. You know they played some sloppy football. You know that's what they did in the second half. They let up. They put their foot off the gas and. You know, you can't do that when you're playing against Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Like, they're going to make you pay for that, you know. But if, you know, Patrick Mahomes has that killer instinct, they go and score on their first drive or second drive in that second half, and they're going to the Super Bowl, you know. Yeah. So I put some of that loss on Patrick Mahomes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he getting it. He, in the first half, he had three touchdowns, no picks. And then in the second half in overtime, he had no touchdowns and two interceptions, one of those coming on that first drive of overtime. And that's that was really scary for us when we saw like, it went to overtime and we were, we were all just like, okay, it's the coin, it's coin flip. It's the most important, important. I don't know why he didn't call oh, Tails. That's all I'm saying. Now, who picks heads? And, I mean, Tails never fails. Josh Allen picked Tails. Tails never and it failed. So I don't know. Maybe you can't look Brandon at the analytics. Tails <laughs> never fails. I don't know why you would go heads in that situation. You have to go tails. It was, it was unbelievable. Honestly, Brandon Allen should be cut for that. He should not even be playing in the Super Bowl. Um, he shouldn't even have a job after this. But I, to, to go to Stathi's point, I don't think – I think we're almost kind of babying Patrick Holmes a little. And obviously some people are, you know, criticizing him. But I think he should get criticized more. I mean, this dude in the second half really didn't show up. And like you mentioned, they were red hot in the first half. They looked unstoppable. They looked like – Man, they, these are the Chiefs that we're used to seeing. And then I, I don't know what happened. Um, I, I found an interesting stat. Uh, when the Bengals dropped eight defenders back in coverage, um, which was a season high on 35% pass plays, Patrick Holmes was 7 for 13, 59 yards, an interception, and two sacks. So, you know, I mean, you could say it, it, it's almost, it goes both ways, right? The de- defensive coordinator uh, for the Bengals, Lou Anamaruma, whatever his name is, uh, Coached a hell of a job, but also look at Mahomes and say, dude, I mean, you have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. What are you doing? And you have Eric Mahenemy as your offensive coordinator. Like, you should have won this game up 21 to 3. I mean, that falls on you. And and there's no one else that can change that besides him. Yeah, I mean, a a stat that that I like to see in this one, too, is um, guess which team allowed more sacks? The Kansas City Chiefs allowed more sacks. Two yeah. guys that came up huge for them in that second half. The, 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 Ohio, the Cincinnati native, Ohio kid, Sam Hubbard with two sacks, and then Trey Hendrickson doing what he did all season. He had a sack and a half in that game as well. And that once that sack that Trey Hendrickson had came when the Chiefs went on this long 
five minute death march. You're like, okay, look at them. They're rallying. They're going to score with like 40 seconds left, a touchdown. No, no, no. They got the sack there. They were able to hold them, hold them to three and the rest is history. So those, those defensive players definitely came up big for the Bengals. Um, I'm going to crit- criticize Andy Reid a little bit here. They ran the ball 24 times for 139 yards. I think yards. it's stats for this. Okay. <laughs> That's almost six yards of carry. If you're running the ball for six yards of carry, you got to give your running backs the ball. I mean, in that second half, you got the lead and you're running the ball and they clearly can't stop you. Keep running the ball. Use the clock. And, you know, they just relied on Patrick Mahomes a little too much and threw the ball. I mean, they couldn't stop the run because they were dropping eight guys back in coverage. And that's what was working a lot. And they used it in the first half. And they didn't use it enough, I thought. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was really interesting that they went to Jared McKinnon. He was more of their featured back. And absolutely, it was working. They were getting large gains. And it's weird because you'd think, okay, we're up, what is it, 21 to 10 at halftime. Let's, let's work Jared McKinnon, get maybe Clyde Edwards-Dallaire a little more involved. And it just didn't happen, right, to start this point. And the, obviously, we know what happened next. But, like, I feel like Andy Reid and Jude, Jude and I have joked about this tons of times. He gets too cute, especially when you get down to the goal line and whatnot. It's Way so funny. He'll, well, they'll get to the one-yard line. We'll be like, okay, what exotic way can they what, score in now? What without way can they score besides doing a one-yard touchdown? Just running like, the ball. What, what else can like, they do? And, yes, they got to the one-yard line, and I get passing there because you had no timeouts or whatever. Great play by Eli Apple, but I don't know. I think they get a little too cute there. Granted, Andy Reid's one of the best coaches of all time, so, like, definitely he – this isn't going to hurt him at all, but I just – I agree. I think criticism has to go all around. I don't put too much – I thought the defense for the the Chiefs actually played pretty well. I mean, LeJarius Sneed came up with the clutch interception uh, that really – that was – that was a scary moment because you thought, oh, crap, the Chiefs are about to steal momentum back, and they did, but Patrick Mahomes just c- couldn't get it done in this point. Yeah, and, and just finishing with the too cute thing, I think, I think that, that, that final drive um, going into the, the last drive that the Chiefs had, Patrick Mahomes in two plays lost a total of negative 22 yards. I mean, they, they, I mean, if you looked at this dude, yeah. he just – and I get it. He likes to be fancy and – act like he's playing Madden and literally run around the whole field and tired the defense. But we saw in those two plays, and obviously you talked about the Ohio native, Sam Hubbard, making those two big plays when he just, I mean, he decided to run around the whole field and then get sacked. And I mean, it, they could have scored a touchdown. I mean, they, they were at the Cincinnati four before those two negative 22 yards in two plays. So that's where the two cute thing, and it, it just costs you, it costs you. And, and, and I think, We'd be talking about a different storyline if, if that didn't happen because I, I think the Chiefs easily would have, um, you know, done it. But last last thing, um, I think the overtime <laughs> – it's funny because, you know, we talked about this whole week leading up to this Cincinnati game and Chiefs game about the overtime rules. And we're like, oh, they got to be changed. They got to be this. And then we get to this game, and we all, of course, are like, shoot, Chiefs get the ball. But look. Chiefs defense, I mean, Bengals defense, they stepped up and they almost made a case for why even change the rules at all. I mean, why change it at all? Your defense just got to get a stop. Like that, that's all you got to do. There's no like, you know, let each team get the ball. And so <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy because like for one case, you could be like, yeah, Josh Allen didn't get the ball and, and that sucks. And we wanted to see him get the ball. But at the same time, we could see what Cincinnati did where it's like, oh, you, all your defense got to do is get a stop. And, and this is a stop against a Kansas City offense that, yeah, they didn't play great in the second half, but we know what they're capable of. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead. No, uh, <laughs> I love the overtime rules personally. Um, I'm a fan <laughs> of them because if you don't score a touchdown or a field goal, you're going to lose the game. I mean, most likely you're going to lose the game. I mean, all they need is a field goal. I mean, yeah, the Chiefs, as great as they are on offense, the Bills were horrible. That's what cost them the game because their defense was a joke. I mean, they, they couldn't stop anybody. I mean, <laughs> a high school team could have made some of those plays. I mean, that was ridiculous, some of the wide-open throws Mahomes got. But anyways, you know, the Bengals' defense, you know, they did what they had to. They got to stop. And even if they didn't get that pick, the Chiefs were going to have been punting. And Bengals would have only needed maybe 30, 40 yards before they would have been in field goal range. And, you know, McPherson, you know, McPherson, like, he's not going to miss, you know, once you get to the, you know, 38, 40-yard line, you know, like, he's, 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 you know, he's not going to miss. So. Yeah, I, I, I had the exact thought that you just mentioned when, like, the, the Bengals got that stop. I'm like, well, there goes any chance of them changing the rules <laughs> because the Bengals showed what could happen. But. At the same time, no one's complaining about how that overtime went. Do you know why? Because both quarterbacks got a chance to do what they could with the ball. And one of them convert. And great, yes, defense was championships. The, the Bills defense, it was inexcusable. And then we saw what happened uh, a couple years back, 2018, with the Chiefs, when they kind of got shafted by the overtime rules. I still think the NFL needs to make it so both teams get a chance. But for now, it looks like we'll have to live with the, uh, the current overtime rules. But I, I feel like after seeing this game, your defense, I mean, I mean, that falls on your defense to make a stop. Like, and I, I think to go into what Stati said, it's like, yeah, you, you obviously want to see both offenses get the ball in overtime. And then there's no question about it, but you got to be relying on your defense too. You can't, you know, you, I mean, that, that, there, there comes a time in the game where you've got to, and that's why overtime's so fun. Cause it's like, your defense got to get a stop. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. And if you change the rules and it's like, okay, defense, do whatever you want. And, and our office can go handle business. I disagree. Do you know what's actually more fun than defense getting stops? What? Points. Like, I, you can br- – if you have both offenses get a chance, they both score a touchdown, that's more points. That's more marketability. That's more exciting plays for the NFL that they can broadcast. So, like, from an exciting standpoint, I think you want it. From a fairness and not having the season decided on a freaking coin flip, I think that's important. Like – I think after seeing this game, we can say that it's not decided on a coin flip. It's, it's, it's your defense has to just play defense. I mean, that, that's all it got to do. And in Cincinnati, Cincinnati doesn't have a great defense, but they, they, they played well enough and they made the stops that they needed to. And look at that. It, it resulted in a win. My, uh, my favorite part about that coin flip was the, the Chiefs crowd reaction after they won the coin flip. As <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love the uh, the haunting photos or ten haunting photos taken before disaster, and it's like the Chiefs tweet: "We've won the coin toss." <laughs> my favorite, I think, my favorite actually was the Josh Allen pain. Yeah, <laughs> so that was that was funny, and I, I think we'll we'll wrap it up on that. Definitely a very exciting uh, championship Sunday that definitely lived up to the craziness of the previous weekend. We have the most exciting game of the week next week with the Pro Bowl. Definitely make sure y'all tune into that. Going to be a tons of fun. Tons of NFC players. NFC taking that, the dub, so I want to say. NFC really, because I don't think NFC the NFC's won, won in the last six years. But that's we, we can table that for another time. Then, of course, we got the Super Bowl the next week. It's going to be a really fun. Can we get can we get early predictions just, just straight up? For the Super Bowl? Yeah, just super early predictions. Obviously, we, we, 
Oh, we're, we're not, not hearing that. mine till our podcast on that. I love the Rams. It's their year. I mean, if they don't do it this year. I mean, <laughs> they're toast. So, I mean, they got to get it done. So, I'm, I'm, the Rams are winning the Super Bowl. All right. You heard it from Stassi. All right. We hope you enjoyed this uh, episode nine of Stop the Clock. Uh, hit us up. Let us know if you have any questions you want us to answer on the podcast. Uh, that football topic, sports box. As always, I'm your host, Sam Fermanac, alongside me, Judo Kanyas. Thank you, Stassi, for joining us Thank you, on Stassi. this episode. Wonderful. Fun, as always. Uh, and have a good night.